Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, behave, horny babies. Before we get into another great episode of Mic Check, I want to hit you guys up with some excellent plugs. If you want to see stand-up comedy for one hour from Cameron James, well, you are in luck. On Saturday, October 22nd, this weekend at 7pm at the Factory Theatre, Cameron James is doing an encore performance of his five-star stand-up comedy special, Sha Na 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 Na. It's a great show. I've seen it a bunch of times, and I highly recommend you go see it. October 22nd, this Saturday, 7pm at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville in Sydney. If you want to see me do stand-up, I've got a show coming up next Friday night, October 28th, at the Gaelic Club. It's Green Lights Comedy Nights. It's a show that I've been hosting with my friend Nico Malian for just over four years. We've got an awesome comedy lineup full of some of the greatest comedics, comedy people in this city. We've got Susie Youssef headlining. We've also got Reese Nicholson, Tom Walker, Greta Lee Jackson, Andrew Wolf, Michael Schaefer. If you're a comedy nerd, this is going to mean a lot to you. These are some great names, and it's only five bucks. It's on October 28th at the Gaelic Club in Surrey Hills, just behind Central Station in Sydney at 8pm. Also, now this is very cool. On Wednesday, the 9th of November at 8.30pm at the Golden Age Cinema in Sydney in Surrey Hills, we are hosting Wayne's World. That's right, we're doing a screening of Wayne's World at the Golden Age Cinema. Cameron and I are going to be presenting it. We're going to talk about some cool facts, why we love the movie. It's basically going to be a very short episode of the podcast that's going to have the movie in the middle of it. You're going to be seeing it live with us in the room. If you want to see how crazy we go for Mike, now is your best chance. All the information for all of these shows are in the show notes. So if you hit on the information on your app, you'll be able to buy tickets, reserve seats, yada, yada, yada. We'll see you there. Love you, horny babies. And please enjoy our discussion on the movie 54, The Director's Cut, with special guest, Adam Richards. It's my check. It's my check. The podcast that Mike buys. Good evening, horny babies, and welcome to another episode of Mike Check, the only podcast whose mission it is to go through each film of Mike Myers' filmography one by one, just to check if they're good or not. 
So far in our mission, we have covered Wayne's World. So I married an axe murderer, Wayne's World 2, and we recorded over 10 hours of, <laughs> of, of podcast listening for you guys. So thank you so much for supporting us through this crazy journey. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos, and always on with me in this journey is Cameron James. <laughs> Hey, Alexi. Hey, Cameron. And hey, horny babies, which I still feel uncomfortable calling you. Uh, thanks for listening to over 10 hours of Mike Myers' talk. Still no word from Mike. We've not heard from Mike. Nor Mike's people. You'd think that they would be on this, but no. No one has gotten in touch. Just other fans of Mike at this point. Um, would you like to introduce our guest, please? I would love to introduce our guest. Joining us today to discuss the 1998 classic, 54. <laughs> <laughs> Is none other than special guest Adam Richards. Oh, hey. you, you really shouldn't have had me on before Mike Myers, because once I speak about him, he will never come to this podcast again. <laughs> Mike, if you're out there listening, we are not affiliated with Adam. He's a mate, that's about it. He doesn't speak on my behalf. But um, I'm happy to have your opinion out there. We need we need some dissent. Is, is Mike moment- Myers mates with Rob Schneider? Uh, um, they must be. They were on SNL around the same time, right, you know, yeah. tipping those boards over there. I was very mean to Rob Schneider. And he... In person really? or just about yeah. him? I told him to his face how much I hated his movie. Uh. Which, which movie in particular? Because <laughs> they're all pretty bad. They're all pretty bad. This is one called Big Stan, oh, yeah. which oh, had the working yeah. title the, uh... of Unrapeable. Yeah, really, really, that was the working title. <laughs> that was the working title. <laughs> right up until, I think, weeks before release. I mean, no. Yeah, no, shit. we can't call it. Because that God. is the whole premise, right? It's a yeah. rape panic movie, right? Yeah, he goes to, he's going to prison and he's terrified of getting raped, so he enlists uh, old mate David Carradine yeah. to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. teach him the ways of not getting bum stuff. Was you, as, you, as you said that word, I felt gut punch and I'm sweating now. <laughs> Just imagining a world where someone had released a movie with that title. Oh, no one wanted to have anything to do with it. And so he had to direct it himself. Oh, like, oh my God. Yeah, it was his... And um, this was also David Carradine's last film. Yeah, before he um, masturbated himself to death in yeah, the cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a story his- history for cinema to never forget. But that probably will be our next one. We're going to do a Rob Schneider one. It's our next podcast Oh, please idea. don't. You'll die. <laughs> you, you'll die in a cupboard. With a belt around your neck. That's a conspiracy. Anyone who's ever asphyxiated is in some way related to Rob Schneider. I yeah, prefer. well, that's cool. Indeed. I think it's a cool rock and roll way to go. Uh, if you were to dedicate yourself to one actor, to dedicate yourself to a whole podcast to, who would it be? Oh, God. So you've chosen well, because Mike Myers is not just an it's, actor. He's it's finite as well, which well, is pretty yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> Or maybe James Dean, he only did three movies. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's good. true. A little bit lazy. Yeah. <laughs> James in Dean, which is what you could call the show. Yeah, that's cool. I'd be, I'd be down for that. But we've chosen Mike because he's divisive in many ways. You've yeah. said you don't, you, you've got to say some mean things about oh, him. Oh, no, I, I like the, the, the normal Mike Myers. Okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's this particular film. I may not say You don't like nice. Mike in this film. Not mad for it. Wow. <laughs> okay, this is interesting. This is definitely going to be divisive then. Should we play the trailer? Let's play the trailer. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, please stand and applaud for the trailer <laughs> to, to 54, directed by Mark Christopher in 1998. And by the way, we watched the director's cut for this film. Oh, yeah. So the definitive we'll, version. The definitive version of this film is the director's cut. And we respect artists on this podcast, so we watched the director's cut. Not the theatrical shit, okay, guys? So please enjoy the trailer 
and find out, I guess, a little taste about what this movie's about. Where too much was never enough. A kid like you can get anything he wants. Scheme was in the works. Hi, you want to join us? A fortune was being concealed. What the IRS doesn't know won't hurt. And revenge. Help me! Was about to make it all explode. Ryan Phillippe, Salma Hayek, with Neb Campbell and Mike Myers. 54. Okay, so 54 tells the tale of a famous 70s New York City nightclub seen and told through the eyes of a young employee. And that young employee is not Mike Myers. No. (laughs) But it is Ryan Philippe. Is it Philippe or Philippe? Uh, I think it's Philippe. Philippe. Philippe? Well, Philippe. Philippe. Let's let's stand on the fence with Philippe. (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy with that. (laughs) Yeah. So he's not Mike Myers is not the sexy young uh, heartthrob who gets thrust into a world of drugs, uh, disco music, and, no, no, no. and loose sexual morals. <laughs> but he is <laughs> he is in fact the he impresario is, yeah, of the club. He is the Caligula of it all. He, yeah. uh, look, I before you you played the trailer, you did say you were going to respect artistic integrity. Mm-hmm. Sure. Have you checked out any of the other work by writer-director Mark Christopher? I've seen like three screenshots of his uh, previous, of his <laughs> previous seen uh, short Borderline films. pedophilic soft porn. <laughs> really? I saw one of it's called uh, Boys Life or something. Boys Life what? 6. Yeah, Boys Life 6. <laughs> yeah, it's six. Boys Life 6 is to me, you know, the only other thing that comes up to like about a number 6 uh, yeah. is the word boy in the title. <laughs> is, yeah. You know. Maybe German. So it seems like, I don't know much about Mark Christopher, but it seems like he's kind of following in the footsteps of that, like, Todd Haynes, kind of, like, indie, new queer cinema, like... um, So he made, like, two short films that were quite revered. Okay. And then the Miramax guys said, we want to work with you. Yeah. And he's... I read that his uh, university lecturer at film school was Paul Schrader. Oh, yeah. And Paul Schrader was always very encouraging to him because he's another one of those like weird counterculture guys from like, the 70s. And he was encouraging him to make a movie about 54. He wanted yes. to make, he was Studio like, you should do something about that. Yeah, Studio 54. Not the year, 54. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Great year, though. Would have been some really cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, my issue with this whole thing, uh, Paul Schrader is the same person who employed Lindsay Lohan. Oh, yeah. And a porn star yep. to make a yeah. film the on no budget. Uh, yeah. the, the Canyons. canyons. Yeah. That's, a ja- that's James Dean. You could yeah. add that into your James Dean movie other, podcast The other James well. Dean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to watch all those films. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> He's been very busy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's... I think... Yeah, I think the Weinsteins were not really doing their homework. I think they've gone, Perhaps oh, not. yeah. Hmm. Queer cinema's a thing. Like, anyone, as a, as a homosexual who's been to see a lot of queer cin- cinema, because you have to, otherwise you get drummed out of the union. <laughs> the films are bad. Like, there is no such thing as a great gay film. <laughs> there are okay gay films that yeah. everyone loves because they're not as terrible as the other 98%. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and right. I think Mark Christopher might be in the other 98%. Oh, no. It's not a 2%. Of. What do you think it is that, like, that you hated about the, his work? Uh, oh, look... I should I should preface this by saying I am bringing a lot of baggage to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. When the film came out, 98, I was... I would have been 27. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was working 
at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> a gay bar. Oh, this sounds very familiar with to the story. Drag Queen. Yes. <laughs> who all performed that goddamn song that they sing at the end. Oh, I don't yeah. know where we went wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that one. That's actually a cool song. And because it was 1998. You weren't one of the performers. <laughs> it was me. I was Ultra Nate. Uh, <laughs> or Amber. Or the other one. Um, Stars on 54, as they were called. Um, so that song played like every six minutes at the gay bar I was at. I was frequently covered in glitter, much yep. like the people in the film. Yep. Um, and because and 97, because the, the Titanic had been the biggest movie of all time oh, the yes. year before. And this is actually the second biggest movie of all time. <laughs> you mean <laughs> the second point. biggest disaster of all time? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> so, yeah, because the whole thing with Titanic was seeding that, that annoying pan pipes or whatever, the tin whistle that kept oh, playing. Yeah. yeah. And then the song comes at the end and you're like, oh my God, I love this song because I just watched everyone drown. And the same thing happens in this film. You just get that little bit of that music. <laughs> Yeah, all the way through it. So yeah. that when you get to the song at the end, you're like, oh, it feels like closure. Yeah, <laughs> because like when I when I looked at the cover on the internet, I went, oh, the song just came into my head unbidden, <laughs> and I've been singing it for the last three days. <laughs> going, what have I got myself into? I should never have to see this film again. Yeah, this is well, this is probably your last time. You probably, <laughs> unless there's another theatrical cut that comes out, another version will get you back on in a few years on this podcast again. I was because you said that the director's cut makes it better. Yes. Yeah. And I had heard the same thing about Batman versus Superman. Mm. And right. both of those statements were wrong. Oh my God, really? Because <laughs> I I genuinely found this director's cut to be so much better than well, the Because the of the three version. grainy video <laughs> uh, that, that stuff really frustrated me. Oh. Like when, when Alex told me about it, he said, no, you, you might notice... There was some quality changes. Oh, no, I think I was... I, I never led you astray. I said that you will notice for sure that there is some weird, like, uh, daily footage that's chucked in some VHS What tapes. happened? Did the Weinsteins hate it so much they burned it? So, <laughs> basically, well, the they story goes... Over they were, like, they were loving the dailies as they were coming in, and then yeah. when it got to... Uh, testing mm-hmm. with audiences mm. They watched it in a pro- They probably tested it somewhere Like in the burbs And then they were like Oh Oh this sucks guys Let's go back and reshoot Half an hour of it yeah. Cut out all the gay stuff mm. And just make it pretty much About Ryan Philippe Falling in love with, with Neve, Neve Camp- Campbell And she's yeah. barely in this Director's yeah. cut right? She's like a little cameo yeah, but... Uh, that, yeah. that is better. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> that that agree. part of it is better. The less Neve Campbell we have in our lives, the better. But yeah, <laughs> they reshot half an hour of it, and then they this version that we just watched is close to the original vision, I think, but they, uh, I guess they didn't have good HD quality versions of a lot of it. Yeah, so they, they, yeah. they literally exhumed by chance on the last day possible before they were destroyed just like a whole case of VHS tapes that were all the dailies from the film shoot mm. so what happened to the actual film they just didn't store it it's they just, just gone. yeah just never really they never really took care of the work print or anything like that so maybe so- because it was a steaming pile of yeah, yeah. and i think <laughs> i think that might be it <laughs> that might be it yeah. and i think they just kind of after the the disaster that the theatrical version was there wasn't enough interest in the in the director's cut at all mm. and, at Ma- and because mark christopher's done nothing yeah i think well, this, it feels decade. like this probably ended him right <laughs> I like think so. there's nothing really after it well, apart he... from boys life six and <laughs> boys think, life four i think he, i think he did boys life two from his imdb and then nothing and then boys life six yeah oh, oh, wow. so he didn't even get to stay on the franchise that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> They brought him back in as a legacy director, basically. 
yeah. they're just short films. Like the boys' life, like it sounds like a bunch of short films. I think it's yeah, the together. little vignettes and stuff like mm. that that are probably oh, who gives a shit? They Honestly, sound awful. <laughs> I just I I question him as a director mainly because he's like the Ryan Philippe thing. I get like he looks like a gay pretty boy. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone had a poster of him getting changed in the shower. In I know what you did last summer, um, but. Why would you go with Breck and Meyer as the other yeah. hot guy? Yes. You've got Mark Ruffalo as the best friend for yes. three seconds Isn't at the that start crazy? of the movie. And, Mark and you've Ruffalo... gone with the guy from Garfield? <laughs> <laughs> Mark Ruffalo is known as a honey. And that's why it's weird that he's only in it for one second and looks weird and, and ugly. And he's the ugly yeah. friend. He's the ugly friend. And his other so best strange. mate is um, Herc from The White. Yeah, from The White. That's what I thought too. This young Herc. What's yeah. going on, man? Yeah, it is weird now when you look back at it and go, this is at a point in Mark Ruffalo's career where he wasn't, you know, getting roles yeah. really. And yeah. he was sort of just the ugly, weird friend. And like, that would that's unheard of now. He's, I know. People are, Everyone loves Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, there's a whole anti-Trump campaign, which is based on if you guys don't vote Trump in, Mark Ruffalo will get his dick out on the internet. <laughs> like the, people, people want to see Ruffalo's dick so bad. But that he, would have made that movie, this movie, a bit better. <laughs> I think that would have been cool it. if he was... Because I think... Speaking of Trump, he is in the he's, film. He's in the movie. I couldn't find <laughs> him. I was yeah. trying to find him. Did you find him? No, I didn't find him. I think he might be in the... Because uh, the credits obviously came from the original theatrical cut. So yeah. I think he's in huh. some of the reshoots. Oh, okay. So, because I did read online that uh, Trump was friends with Steve Rubell. Yeah. And he was at his funeral. He's one of the few people who mm. was at his funeral. But is there someone playing Trump in this No, movie? No, Trump Donald is Trump. It. Like don't Trump plays Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one else can be Trump. Dude, future Trump president Donald Trump is in this movie. Is in <laughs> one of the worst films of all time. Oh, no. <laughs> Mike Myers having a great big tilt at the Oscars like Don Quixote. Oh. <laughs> it is a real go for it, isn't it? Oh, it's a real man. swing. Let's get into that. We're going to talk about Mike Myers, <laughs> the hero of this podcast, as Steve Rubell, who is the he's I guess the kind of director of Studio Fifty Four. He was like he's, this is this is the weird thing. Like Steve Rubell was a real person yes studio 54 was a real place mm-hmm. and then but it was also a fantasy land <laughs> fantasy. but then they've got all these fake people in it like you yeah. just go i would rather have seen like focused on steve rebel i would rather have seen his story be front mm. and center rather than just mike myers lasciviously you know dribbling himself <laughs> yeah. a pile of money the, the the wetness of his mouth i did mention to cameron was something that i found truly disturbing yeah whenever i see shiny wet lips i like i just think fucking wipe your mouth the same thing happened in when we watched um what was that movie we watched the other night um uh with vampire's kiss no 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 um carrie was it carrie yeah 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 in carrie there's a scene where john travolta is drinking beer and he has just the wettest mouth from drinking a beer from a can and it just distracted me so much. I just like wanted to pull your shirt up and wipe your fucking mouth, John. Pull your shirt up. Yeah, use your shirt. That's all. You don't need a napkin or anything. But this was the same thing. So you're saying goodness. it did not make you horny, baby. It didn't make, it, it didn't make me horny. I can't believe we've gone this far without yeah. asking if one of us is horny, <laughs> how long have we been recording? For? We've been. This is fifteen minutes into the podcast. The longest we've been, we've gone without asking any of us if anyone is made horny. All right, let's break. Let's clear the air right yep. now. Adam, did this film make you horny in any way? No, maybe. No. It's the most sexless, hedonistic it, right? film I've ever seen. Yeah. Like I was like I. There, there seemed to be no spark between any no of them. No one had any chemistry. No any point. The mm. most excited person looked to be Michael York eyeing off a paycheck. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That is yeah. actually one. That's the closest I got to becoming horny. Was thinking like this. I'm trying to put it into the Myers canon. So I thought Michael York. That's Basil Exposition. Austin yeah. Powers. At this point, 1979, Austin Powers is frozen. So Basil is out there trying to have some fun, having a, like, having his own life, doesn't have to live vicariously through Austin Powers anymore. He's out there at Studio 54 having a great time. And that made me, maybe not horny, but turgid. Just like, just, <laughs> just, just happy You fired up a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I do, I do like the fact that, you know, like, is there, is there, was there a point in Mike Myers where he had a conversation with his agent and said, mm. I'm going to play this guy. Mm. He's really sleazy, but I think I can win an Oscar yeah, from playing this like guy. It. Do you think the agent might have gone, is he just Austin Powers, yeah. but gay? Yeah. That's, so that's, fully, that's what I said. Yeah. To, I said, this is like the, it's the, the flip side of Austin Powers. It's yeah. Austin Powers on lewds, basically. Yes. It's what all it is. It, and revolting. But I'm kind, I was kind of into it. It reminded me of... Did you ever see Foxcatcher from a couple of years ago? The, no, oh, with Steve Carell yeah. doing essentially the same thing. It, exactly yeah. the same thing. Like comedy actor wears prosthetics. <laughs> really? Steve Carell hates you? What did you do to Steve Carell? I upset him. <laughs> what did you do? He you was, must tell us. He was... Like it was, I was hosting something on the Gold Coast, like a premiere of thing, mm-hmm. and it was him and Anne Hathaway, and he had get like, smart. Yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he had this like personal fan that he just like you know like a because it was like yeah. the Gold Coast, a million yeah. degrees. Yeah, and he kept fanning himself. And then when I went into the interview, Anne Hathaway left, I think because the room was freezing cold, like it was Arctic, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the air conditioning was up so high, and I was like. Jeez, it's cold in here. What's going on? Mm. He's like, oh, hi. And I went, oh, do you have like a sweating problem? Like, because last night you were constantly fanning yourself and now the air conditions are like 4 million degrees. He's like, mm, mm, mm. And he was just like kind of weird about it. And then I was like, okay, well, let's get on with the interview. And we just kept talking. And then he cut the interview short after about three or four minutes. And Dude. my producer complained to the publicists and said, why did Adam's interview? Because Adam brought up my... Uh, Put up Steve's uh, personal hygiene issue, and I'm like, oh god. Does he? So he has. That's a. This is a such a fat scoop for that's this a scoop, podcast. Right? Sweaty dude. Guys, yeah. you heard sweaty. it here first. Steve Creel has a bo issue. I don't know if it's a bo <laughs> issue. He's just clearly sweaty. He's just always wet. Yeah, like hot. Oh, he's wearing yeah. a suit on the Gold Coast. Like, buy yeah. a t-shirt. Yeah, come on, Steve. Don't be a fucking idiot. Yeah. I mean, you've got that office money. You can afford, like, 50 t-shirts. Unless, like, you know where he gets his all his hair ripped off, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God, Kelly Clarkson. Like, maybe he's just, like, a Neanderthal under there. Maybe he, they ripped yeah. off, like, his sweat follicles. <laughs> they just get strapped in him. <laughs> anyway, so this, this isn't a podcast about all the people who hate me. No, but it is. It, We've got to do that podcast I would love to as do well. That We've got to do that one. Listeners, if you'd like to hear that spin-off, let us know and we'll do it for you. <laughs> We'd love to know what we should be what it should be called. Yeah, give us a title for it. Adam's bad apples. <laughs> but this felt like this is exactly Mike Myers is doing exactly what Carell did in this. Sort yeah, of like yeah, a, yeah. Here's a serious role, but mm. it's kind of a spin on things that he's done before. That he's already been doing, and it's you know kind of dark and. But I, I actually quite liked it, to be honest with you, Mike like, Myers. Yeah, yeah. I kind of liked I, it. Look, I think we're, we're actually big fans of the guy. I think he's <laughs> having a red hot go at it, and. I think it's a pity that he didn't, that he let the failure of this film deter him from yeah. having another crack at I'm it. With yeah. you. I'm with like you. Like a that. really serious but odd take on the character yeah, as like, well. Like, you know, Will Ferrell hasn't done one since he was talking to himself in his own head. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stranger than fiction. Yeah. And uh, like, what else had Mike done that was kind of serious? He was in Inglorious Bastards for five seconds, and yeah. that's kind of like a seriously. Yeah, but he's. 
playing, you know. Yeah. He's, he's doing a British He's still having a muck around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's, you know, stiff upper, upper lip. But it, I think I'm with you on that. I like I like this performance because it does feel like... I can see the mechanics of that he's having a go at an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm impressed by his work in it. But then I kept saying to Alexi during the movie... It's too. It's almost like too far. Like he's yeah. gone too intense or too dark it's, to the point that it's kind of you don't even want to look at it at a certain yeah. point. You're like, oh, just fucking wipe your mouth and I don't want to look at you. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like at the Oscars, what clip are they going to play when they introduce <laughs> best supporting actor Mike Myers? And is he asking Brecken Meyer if he can blow him and then spitting on cash when he says no, <laughs> dribbling on himself? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think I really liked it the way that they kind of invert his persona for this role like because it is that guy that takes like all this like impish delight in excess like an Austin Powers mm. character or Dita or even Linda Richmond with the voice and it's kind of using all of these things that he's capable of doing and capable of portraying for a comedic effect but it kind of turns it into this dark twist and kind of like all his other uh, like great characters, the characters that have achieved some sort of greatness, like the ones I mentioned, is there's this really strong performative mask over it that he's always performing. He always wants to make people feel comfortable around him. But then there's that dark essence that kind of slowly seeps out. Mm, I there's, a, there's just a couple of moments where he's doing the capital A acting mm. Mm. where I felt like I was watching Daryl Summers play the drums. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> What, what has... are these moments? What stood out for you? What was the most? Uh, it's just you know, there's there's one scene. There's the scene where he's having the argument in the hallway, kind of towards the end before mm. the you know the big climax with mm. um oh with Ryan with uh, Felipe the old lady rapper from the wedding singer Ellen Dow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dirty granny dirty granny yeah. you know the ubiquitous dirty granny of the, <laughs> yeah. the late eighties. <laughs> <laughs> The late ninety, sorry. Um, so yeah, like there's that there's that moment where they have that fight, and you can see that he's, you know, going for it. Mm. He's going for I am an actor. Yeah, yeah, and you're just like, oh mate, that's the part this where he goes. Um, do it you think you're special? Yeah. yeah, you think you're the. There's been a Gabriel fifty four and a Timmy fifty four. That, that's the Oscar speech. Yeah, that's the really one they would have played it. in the clip because yeah. it's the only one where he's not dribbling. <laughs> Or snorting cocaine or something. <laughs> there's also like there's a couple of moments where you go where he's played a little bit too broad comedy mm. for someone that's trying to do the big acting. Like, you know, when it's New Year's and he just has the little dip down to have a and snort of oh, that yeah. coke. And you're just yeah. like, I don't know if that was in the script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like yeah, I feel like here's our theory on Mike, right? Because mm. we've talked about him for ten hours at this point, mm-hmm. and there's many more to come. <laughs> And we've watched a bunch of interviews with the guy, and we think that he's actually quite a dark soul, mm. a very troubled man. So when I saw well, him do this... he was a big fan this, of Hey Hey It's Saturday. He was? <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? He used to always be on it. Like, he would always agree to do it. Like, even from overseas, via satellite and stuff. Are you serious? Like, this has got to be sketches. clips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was a big Hey Hey It's Saturday fan. He oh, loved the Australian. on earth? <laughs> I think he and Daryl, there's something where they look a little bit the same. Yeah. I think they wear the same... I've, this is one thing we've talked about for too long in this podcast. I hate the way that Mike dresses in real life. Yeah. He wears these like suits that are far too big and they cover his entire wrist. Your like, they problem go up with him is that he buys off the rack. He buys know? off the rack. He's got to tailor it in because it just looks like his fingers are coming out of his sleeve. Oh, and I think it his looks, arms are too short. His arms are too short. And it's like Daryl Summers, they wear the same kind of clothes. Yeah. They got the same weird bowl haircut where they... <laughs> 
they they got the same haircut as the magic pudding, where it's a little <laughs> and their little head just comes well, out of it. Him. I love him. I love him. I lo- Mike Myers is my ultimate hero, but just I get really frustrated where it's like you've got a lot of money, just get someone to Isn't help he you out. Married to someone. He is married to someone, but we didn't look. Re- I don't want to research them because that's too much going into their personal oh, okay. life. So I this think. is just his professional. We're life. just talking about but the you artists. Don't find that the the personal informs the professional. Definitely. Well, I, I do think so. I'm with yeah. you on that. I don't know if it, you're saying that he's married money or something like. I that. I don't know. Like, I think he's been married twice. Isn't he married? Like, I thought there was something with him and Jay Roach and Susanna Hoffs, and there was like a weird. They swapped around. No, no, no. Okay. But like, isn't he? Mm. Ma- is he married to like Susanna Hoffs' sister or something? I don't know. I can't remember. I there was like a weird thing with why Susanna Hoffs was. Singing the, you know, she's it, mm. she's practically new. Maybe he's married to Susanna Hobbs. I don't know, or is it his sister? <laughs> it was a weird thing. The girl from the Bangles, and she's in the. the oh, Austin Jay Powers. Roach is married. To is her. married. To Jerry her. Roach. But is then I to thought her. there was something with him and Jay Roach had like a. He was he was married to Robin Rusin from ninety three to two thousand seven, and he's currently mm. married to Kelly Tisdale since two thousand and ten. Kelly Tisdale. Who's yeah, that? I have no idea. Ashley's she might be. Mom. Yeah, might yeah. relate to <laughs> Ashley. Say, she, mm. She's not High School Musical. Kelly Tisdale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I thought there was like a weird, you know, it was her sister's cousin's. Well, he's brother. a he's kind of a weird private guy, and he is a dark dude. And I actually think when I was watching this movie that this is. Not only is it parts of it a capital A acting, I'll give you that, yes. but there are other parts where I think he's really tapping into like dark Mike. Like, yeah. I think he had, if he had a better director, mm. like you know, like no one was going to get a decent performance out of Breck and Meyer. Yeah, but like if he had a, if he had a better director who was who was prepared to sit on him a bit more mm. in those like those you know kind of kooky moments where he was. You know, the dribbling was too much. Like, it was a bit too much, wasn't it? <laughs> it's one of those choices where you look at it and you go, okay, I can see why this, why you would make this choice because yeah. you're on lewds and everything. But also, this movie has to look good. Yeah. Wipe your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see this. <laughs> also, if you're going to go that far, like, why wasn't he more grabby? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know, someone that is. You want to that... honor the memory of Steve? Well, no, but if someone's that lascivious, if yeah. the character is that lascivious, why is it all through suggestion and mm. winking and, yeah. and vocals? There's no, there's no grabbing. He doesn't grab anyone in a in a lascivious manner, which those kind of people do. Yeah, yeah it's almost like he's right. got a weird like. He's almost like got an asexual presence in the yes, movie, even does. though there's moments where it's very predatorial. Yeah. I, it's a weird mix. I don't know if I like predatorial that, isn't but, a word, but I love that you've yeah. used it. Up. <laughs> well, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get what, some it's of my predatory. words in the in the dictionary <laughs> one day. Dictionary. Yeah, I got to try and get some out there. Horny babies is two words, but if we put them together, that's what I want. <laughs> is shagadelic in the dictionary? Actually, <laughs> while we're thinking about this. <laughs> That would be very groovy if it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what? He's kind of like... It's almost like the character is someone who wants to make people uncomfortable with yeah. his sexuality and that's what he gets off on. Yeah. Because he brings it up a lot. I want to suck your cock. I want to watch you with your wife, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But he never does anything. Yeah. Mm. He's there's mainly never, just, yeah. yeah, there's never... It's almost like, yeah, I can play this scene, mm. but if, I, if there is a still shot of me... Grabbing Ryan Felipe mm. on the ass or mm. Breck and Meyer on the the man boob, then that's going to be in the tabloids. And I don't. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I don't want to actually touch men. Yeah, I'm yeah, happy to right. play a gay guy, but I don't want to play like a gay guy that touches people. Mm. It's one of those things, isn't it? Uh, what's another... I'm trying to think of another example where... There, uh, and there was some around this time... Maybe even in Boogie Nights and stuff, you know, where there's there are gay characters, but the actors they get kind of get praised for being brave by playing yeah. a gay character, but oh, they like never Phil, do Philip anything Seymour gay in, in, in um, oh, Boogie yeah. Nights. And yeah, he, yeah. what is it? He tr- he kisses Mark Wahlberg for like two seconds in that yeah. movie, and everyone. I mean, it's he's a great actor, and that's a great performance, but not because he's gay. And that's it's got just creepy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a, that's that's another thing I think this film suffers from is that Boogie Nights. I feel like Boogie Knight said everything that needed to be said yeah. oh, definitely. about that period in time oh, yeah. and that also that lifestyle. The people in Boogie Nights, like the you know, just even the writing, like it's they they stake so much more and mm. they lose so much more, and there's you never get a real sense of what it's like to be off your face. Yeah, in in fifty four, it's like no, oh, yeah, we've got a funny lens on the camera. Woo! Mm. Yeah. Whereas you know, in Boogie Nights, you've got that gorgeous scene with with Julianne Moore and Heather Graham, uh, and <laughs> you know, like, and you just go, oh yeah, that's what it's like. You just talk shit. Oh, that that's ages. the most manic scene. Yes. That one. <laughs> and they're making all these plans, yes. and they're like promising to be there for each other forever. And it's like, well, I've definitely done I've that. I've had that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> but this this film is almost like the little runt of the litter of that yeah. like that cluster of films that's like. Boogie Nights, Summer of Sam, oh, uh, Last, Days, Last of Days of Disco, Disco with yeah. Stillman's mm. film. And this one's just like the little runt of the litter that's like finally getting... Now that this director's cut is kind of getting some buzz over the last year... I don't understand it's, why. It's, I think because it is, to me, it's an absolutely different film. It's and not. It's a super, to me, <laughs> oh, I, watched, I watched about 10 minutes of the theatrical cut yesterday and the main difference that I like it's I think it's an absolutely different film like it's just structured yeah. differently it's better I still I'm I think I think it's still just as shallow and yesterday it's still- I said like is this um is a difference between a bad movie and a good movie and then I watched it again today I was like oh it's a difference between a something that looks like a TV movie and something that feels like a TV movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both still look like it, but this one doesn't feel... Hmm. I think it feels less like a TV movie because it's not It feels like, it's like a TV movie because there's, there's no clear through line for the whole yes. story. Like, well, that's it what just I said meanders. afterwards. I said, well, I don't know what that yeah. movie was about. Yeah. Does it seem like it was the same premise of Boogie Nights, mm-hmm. young small town guy wishes to be part of a bigger scene or a bigger family, yeah. but he achieves that in 10 minutes... And then the rest of the movie is let's just watch him in this new group now. Yeah, or let's just watch him with not many clothes on for a long time. Like it felt predatory. Is that why the actual directorial? Sorry, predatorial. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like the director was. Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah. The character Mike Myers. Maybe Mike yeah. Myers was just doing an impression of the director the whole time. Just like Maybe. little winks off camera like, this guy's a great. <laughs> I think as well, what it what it tries to achieve is something that is so... I think... I was saying to Cameron before that this is like right on the cusp of when all of this became cliche. Yeah. And it's that stuff that was done so well in Saturday Night Fever, where which is my favorite movie of all time, where it's about 
a guy who has he knows that he wants to leave where he is. He can see exactly where he wants to go, yeah. which is Manhattan mm. as well. But the, beyond that, the dream is really unclear for him. And I think that movie does it so well. It captures that feeling that everyone's had where they know they need to move on somewhere, but they don't know exactly what it is, what the path is. It's just kind of like this weird abstract thought in their head. Yeah. And that movie captures that feeling. And this movie is that feeling it just because it's like this is unclear he doesn't know what he wants and we don't know how to tell that story either yeah it, i i found when he does the impression of john travolta i was like oh no oh boy stop calling it out we know what you're doing we know what yeah. this film is and yeah. now you've just put it up in neon it yeah. made me to say i'm just remaking this film but it's 80s yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so bad as well because the whole movie was like man he this guy's not as good as john travolta he no. kind of sucks no. this role and when he did that scene they don't signpost that first. I was like, oh no, he's trying too hard. And oh, this yeah, is acting yeah, too hard. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, I'm doing a John Travolta impression. I felt relieved somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like when I went to see, and this is going to be the gayest sentence you've ever heard, the sequel to Phantom of the Opera in the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> and because they keep referencing events from 10 years ago yeah. in that play. And all it does is remind you of how much better that musical was oh, than this yeah. one I'm sitting through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that that's that moment in that film where, it goes, sure. where it's like when you go to a sequel and they have like the little elbow of like, yeah, yeah this is from, like, this one happened in the original and you go, yeah, we liked the original. Oh, yeah, the original was That was a better. good film. What am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> what am I watching? <laughs> and I don't really know what I was watching with this one. Like I said, I, you know, they tried to shoehorn plot points or something oh, into yeah, it. Like yeah. his whole... He starts dealing drugs. Or was that Breck and Meyer who starts Breck dealing Meyer. drugs? Oh, they all start dealing drugs. But Brian Philippe's steals the drug money or something. And when he steals, this is the thing. It would have been a fascinating story if it had have been about that character, the yeah. real life character and of Steve Rube. Yeah, Steve Rubell and the yeah. and the money hidden in the roof yeah. and the the feds coming in and mm. all of that stuff. And you could have intercut it with all the crazy disco mm. stuff that they did like the recreating Anita Ward performing you know Ring My Bell and all that kind of stuff knock on wood mm. and you just go this that would have been a, an interesting film but because you've gone oh half real people mm. and then we're going to have half pretend people and you just go it's not I don't but you know what you're pitching you're pitching a more Mike Myers centric version of 50 yeah which and- I, I would have enjoyed really I, even yeah. though you didn't really love him in this I didn't I, I, I think I would have gotten a different director. Because <laughs> I don't lay that blame at the foot of Mike Myers. Like, he's doing the best he knows how. Yeah. And, you know, it sometimes takes a really good director to go, no, 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 mate, less is more. We were talking about that. We watched uh, Vampire's Kiss. Have you ever seen that? The Nick Cage movie? Oh, where he thinks he's a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... He, it's it's the craziest performance yeah. I've ever seen in my it's life. Out of control. And it's one of those things where you watch it and, and you go, oh, this would have been almost a brilliant performance if a different director had just yeah. been brave enough mm. to say, can you stop doing that for a second, Nick? Yeah. Wipe your mouth, focus up and just chill out a little bit. Right, look at Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm. You know, sitting on a comedic actor. Mm. Just, just... Sitting on him. No, that's too funny. That's too funny. Yeah. Mm. Do it normal. Be a, be a human being. Yeah. And then you get a great performance. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I think I think there was... I think Mike Myers had a good performance in him. But then there's also that thing of like, as a comedian, you just go, I know how to do the other thing. Mm. Stop telling me to do this thing that I'm yeah. really... 
I know how to do the other thing. It's funny how that this happens sometimes, and I'm glad you brought it up earlier that this maybe this experience or the fact that it bombed maybe stopped him from trying to do similar things yeah. in the future. Because I mean, the same thing happened with uh, Adam Sandler with Punch Drunk Love, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. like a pretty awesome performance. Yeah. But for some reason, because it wasn't a huge hit, he's only ever attempted it once or twice since then, and, and those movies have sucked. So that's yeah. a bummer when that happens. I think there's a few other anomalies in his filmography that I've seen. I've not seen the movies, but just they, I've heard that they're dramas. In who Adam Sandler? In, no, Mike Myers. Right. Yes. You know what it is? It's like it was Robin Williams' Goodwill Hunting, and everyone just went, mm. "Oh, I'm I want to bite at that. Mm. Yeah, bite at that apple." Yeah. And how you like them apples? It was you know, but he'd had a couple of cracks at serious roles before. Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, he'd done Good Morning Vietnam. Yeah. 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 And, um, Oh, a few other things. But and yeah. Bill Murray had done it as well. He yeah. had a few cracks earlier. Oh, my on. God. The Tom Hanks. Yeah, Razor's Edge. Is, Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah, Tom Hanks, you know, won two Oscars. Um, so, yeah, I think it's that thing of like, it, it looked like an achievable dream. Mm. But, yeah, someone... You, uh, I don't know. Like, on paper, Mount Christopher looks like a terrible idea. Like, mm. I know he's done a couple of short films, but they're, you know, they're fairly... Have you seen Velvet Goldmine? Yes. I kind of think that Todd Haynes's style would have suited this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, glamorous movie with kind of weird, artistic, surreal elements to it. I think that would have been a much better director. And, and he's look- someone that can really like carve out a period in time and make it feel not just like a period piece, but actually make you feel like you're within that time as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, like, I keep getting stuck on the idea that it's all these fake people because it's it's like set out like a biography, like with all mm. this narration, like Goodfellas style, where he's like, "This is who I was. This is my dad. My mum's dead." It's like, no, they don't exist, mate. They're, no, 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 there's all these real people in the movie, but all the people you're talking about is fake, and you're putting all this weight yeah. on it, and it just feels so false. Yeah, it, it, again, like if it had been a Steve Rebell movie, it's like that's one thing they could have done is like. Not have it be about Steve Rebell. Yeah. Like, create a whole new character mm. for Mike Myers to really yeah. go to town on instead of like, oh, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. Um, and have, uh, you know, like Velvet Goldmine does. You know, yeah. they're not real characters. They're sort same, of based on Iggy and Yeah, Bowie same with The Rose, like yeah. the Midler film. Like, mm. supposedly Janis Joplin, but mm. yeah, who knows. But they've also fictionalized and made it like a, like given us through line and yeah. stuff. But they could have even to make it more authentic, like just go around and like actually there's so many people that were involved in this scene. They could have interviewed and just like found real stories from there and just kind of created this like an actual representation of what was happening. Yeah. With it. It's just weird. Like you've got Truman Capote turning up at one point yeah. and then Andy Warhol oh, Andy as well. Warhol. Doesn't that make you cringe? Yeah. We were saying whenever they bring in a sort of actor in a bleach blonde Andy wig oh. into a movie, you instantly go, oh, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we get it. This is New York and it's cool and shit. All right. Oh, my yeah. God. Every time. Yeah, it's, it's so embarrassing. It's hacky. It is hack. It's hacky, dude. It's hack. <laughs> unless it's David Bowie playing. Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah. what we're Busky saying. Arts. Yeah, yeah, that's... Unless it's Bowie. The yeah. other good example, I really like uh, Bill Hader in Men in Black 3. Because uh, that really turns it on its head where he's actually an agent with them instead of an alien. I think that's very clever. Uh, but yeah. that's the only time. <laughs> oh my God. So what what did you guys think was the best moment in this movie? Uh, and this can either be about the movie itself or about Mike in this movie. Yeah. What did you guys think? Um, this is going to be mean. My favorite moment was the moment where 
I realised that Selma Hayek thought they were going to overdub her vocals with someone good. Oh. <laughs> oh. Her singing is... Is that a, actually her singing? Why would you get someone to sing like that? <laughs> for, for pretendies. Yeah. <laughs> you hire someone good. <laughs> is, are you talking about like in their apartment when she starts singing And then when she the sings end? at the concert. Yeah. Like they're terrible. Like That's, the worst singing I've ever heard. me so off guard in the apartment when she starts singing and I was like, oh no, this movie is about someone that is delusional and doesn't have talent. Yeah. They're still trying so hard And it's like Wow that was beautiful I was like Oh now I don't know Where I yeah. stand In this movie Yeah And then I think At the end I just kind of forgot And she was I thought she sounded fine No she doesn't But I also Am not terrible. musical whatsoever but I could have got Madonna To dub her And it would have been better She's so <laughs> yeah. good to look at I gotta say She's a honey She's a yeah. fly honey the same with, thing With Ryan Phillippe they're, they're both Beautiful they people They seem like Not human Yeah It's yeah. I didn't really I think I didn't care about them <laughs> No, of course yeah, not. No. Why would you? He's not. He's not a charismatic performer. No, Philippe. He's really good looking. He's good in. Have you seen? He's in a season of Damages, and he plays kind of like an Aspergersy WikiLeaks kind of guy. Right, mm. and he's okay. great because it's like he, like he, he knows he's good looking because everyone tells him he is, but he's mm. like mad. Hmm. And arrogant and really intelligent, and it's like you go, oh, this is the character you were always meant to play. Yeah, Someone right. who cannot portray emotions really yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my sisters always said. Really bad actors are great at playing villains because they they seem really cold just because yeah. they're not great. There's <laughs> like no point where in this whole film we're just like, oh, my god, I hope you get your goal. Yeah, one because you don't know what it is. I don't like, know what your goal yeah, is. exactly. But just there's nothing really to kind of let you into this character that feels original at all. Yeah. Yeah. What about Mike? What was your favourite Mike moment? Look, the dribbling on himself. Like, it was yeah. seriously that moment of, like, you go, oh, I can see... I, I want to know how many takes they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to have seen the one where he's gone, no, no, no I'll put a whole cup of milk in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to know, is, is that real spit? Mike, is that real spit? Or do you have fake film spit? What's oh, going on? I'd love to know. Is I it all his scene. own spit? I thought there should have been a chunk of something in it. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, just one pee, just somehow <laughs> yeah, one pee, a kernel of corn. Yeah. That scene, that scene where he's trying to seduce Brecken Meyer, is I feel like I've seen that scene in a million oh, so other things, times. right? Yeah. And it's always played in this way where. Um, it's almost like a sinister, like gay seduction. It's always like, Hey, if you let me suck your dick, you'll, you know, get the money or whatever. Yeah. And then the character, the straight character is always like, Oh God, I don't know. Should I do it? Is this going to be a turning point in my life? Am I going to be evil after this? And then yeah. they get out of it somehow. Like in this, you know, he, what just leaves the room or whatever. Cause the guy, there's another guy in the room, but it happens in boogie nights as well with the, where he gets beaten up in the car and stuff yeah. like that. Why was this such a thing? Why was this something it's, that- There's also a weird gay wish fulfillment thing going on as well, where it's like um, you have the, oh, I want to suck your dick. And they're like, oh, nearly, nearly. Nah, I'm not going to do it. And then mm. later on, they offer it to you. Oh, and yeah. you're like, nah, don't want it. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, no, that is, both of those stories are not real. Yeah. <laughs> they're things from inside someone's head going, yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome if that happened? It's like, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, it all comes from a writer's fantasy of going, I'd love to be able to turn down a hot guy's dick. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to just be able to say no <laughs> to someone. And again, he should have been more grabby. Yeah, he, <laughs> he should have been. so hands off for someone that was so lascivious. You go, how are you this revolting and this, you know, chaste all at the same time? I reckon, uh, and look, I'm famously grabby. I'm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't see this, but I'm, I'm 
grabbing both these boys yeah. right now. Um, my ankle. No, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm with you on that. I think he, he should have been. Uh, maybe that was a studio note that people. I going, reckon hey, it was. We don't want you to be a t- like to come across like a real p- like, like a like an actual yeah. homosexual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's That's a crazy. there's a weird there's a creepy moment where Truman Capote grabs onto a a little boy a little boy's ankle. Yeah, and that was okay. Mm. But Mike Myers is not allowed to sexually harass some adult men that was such <laughs> that's such an odd moment because that's where you we're first in the club and we're kind of seeing him be like him be like this kind of Fellini-esque figure creating like this absolute yeah. world of fantasy in this reality and then this tiny he, Truman Capote comes out of nowhere for his birthday <laughs> no good reason and, <laughs> and then like this little baby cherub comes down from the sky uh, not a baby it's like a nine-year-old boy or something yeah. and then He's like, I've got you a couple of presents, and he gives the baby gives him a uh, mirror. But then, is the baby also the present I for don't him? Even is know. Truman Capote oh, a pedophile yeah. in the world of this? In the world of this movie, because I don't. Isn't he just an author? <laughs> authors can be pedophiles. Yeah, too, authors man. can be pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> I Whoa, was, really? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not just saved for Australians that go over the England this year. <laughs> Anyone can do it nowadays. Right? Well, um, I think my favourite Mike moment in this film was the first time we see him when he's on the door of yeah. the club and he's pointing. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that was a pretty cool, real It's a great intro. Yeah, he, and it's pretty natural and he's sort of a bit charming and funny, but he's not pl- portrayed like a ringleader. He's just like a guy on the yeah. door. I liked it. I thought it was... When I saw that, I actually went... Oh, I'm going to love this movie. I think yeah. I'm going to really love this movie. And I, then I just was let down from the moment <laughs> we went into the club onwards. Yeah. I think I'd have to say that's my Mike moment as well mm. because in the original theatrical cut, the in the first minute of the movie, the narration's just like, yeah, it was a fantasy world. And this is the guy that created it. Mm. And they just show like one shot of him. And then, then we introduced him that way. And it just kind of, that new introduction to the director's cut, it allows him to just be a real person in this world yeah. as well. We aren't introduced to him as an idol. We kind of see that people do idolize him, but he's not an idol. He's a real guy. Yeah. I Bringing up the director's cut thing again, I I don't even know whether the director's cut was assembled with much thought like because mm. there is a moment early in the film where they, they go to the grainy terrible you know video yeah. footage that looks like it's been recorded off from someone's phone pointed <laughs> at a television <laughs> looks and, like found footage yeah <laughs> and he goes to put his foot on the dance floor a couple yeah. of times yeah. and i'm like oh that's an interesting thing but then that happens again yeah i know in full high definition and yeah. i'm like and it's like the same shot why don't it? you just paste that in earlier yeah, yeah. you dick it yeah, <laughs> i think no, they no, think mark too. christopher is an idiot I, i'm gonna I, say it now i <laughs> I saw that as well, and it is I, the reason is because he turns around and walks away, and I was like, "We don't need to see that anyway. They Why they just a, put it in anyway? Yeah, they cut yeah. away. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's very odd. It's this, it's bad. There's it's a, a, like it, an interview. The director's with, cut is as bad, if not. <laughs> I think it's um it's a better movie, the director's cut, but it is still, still not a good movie. It's still not a great movie. <laughs> I. I can't. I, You're being a bit I can't bring of myself. It. I am because I just found it. I love Mike. I love Mike, and I find it curious. And I, whenever I find something very curious like this, it makes me, I guess, horny, horny? baby. Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this has been an hour-long setup to you admitting that this makes you horny. <laughs> He wants to watch Breckenmeyer <laughs> and Ryan Philippe yeah. make out for hours. 
But whenever there's like there's like a film that's just like <laughs> that's just like this weird like absolute curiosity of filmmaking where they didn't do anything with it for 17 years and the guy's always been trying to get his director's cut out there and then the the best that they could do is find like these old tanks mm. by chance. I find that like thrilling and it's like this weird passion story about this guy. It becomes bigger than the movie and it's way bigger than this movie now. Yeah. And I it's... think they should have done a better director's cut where yeah. they get like Soderbergh or someone to come in and just reassemble <laughs> it. Refilm it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Magic Mike is a better movie about oh. this million. Oh, definitely. Than... A perfect example. It's the same story, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Exactly the same yeah. story, so much better. So much better. Like the, it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the characters have arcs. Exactly. Yeah. Great story. And, great movie. And you have like barely dressed people still able to construct sentences. <laughs> and it's also sexier. Yeah. yeah this is. movie is it's sexless. Yeah, and I, I, I've, it's weird because the. the the theatrical cut like takes all the like homosexuality out of it where it's kind of like I remember seeing this movie a few years ago some friends were like oh this movie's kind of gay and then you watch this director's cut like oh that's because this movie is supposed to be gay it's like a gay gay movie but it's not gay enough it's not gay movies are bad yeah exactly (laughs) they're bad movies This has been a good episode of Adam's Bad Apples. You've, you've named <laughs> so many people that you hate and that hate you, and uh, I love to be here for it. This is a quote from Ryan Philippe. He says, The director's cut captures the freedom of the time, but also the impending sobriety that would come with AIDS. It resonates. I don't think it does, Ryan. No. I don't think it captures any of those things. I don't think this movie's about anything. No. Also, it- don't cast Celia Ward. Yeah. Like she's a she's a made for TV movie. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is that is your big shining light there that makes you go, oh. Yeah. If you're casting Seal Award, the only question your audience is going to be asking is that Gene Triplehorn the whole movie, <laughs> and that's not what you want. Okay, like, I like Seal Award, but she's a TV lady. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I say we should check this movie. Alexi, would you like to check it? Oh, boy. Still good? Um, I hesitate to check this movie because I don't, I don't have an answer for it. I don't know if I can say this is good. I can't say if it's uh, bad. I just, it's inconclusive. And inconclusivity is not what I want because that means we have to do this again one time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say, I'm going to say that 54 is bad. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the director's cut is. It's it's uh, it's better. It's better. It's better. (laughs) I think I'll say it's good because it has. It'll if you're like me out there and you find if you're more like a cinema historian. Yes, it doesn't matter about the exact quality of the movie whether you're satisfied for it. If you find some something interesting about the history of cinema, you will. Get something out of this movie. I was about to say enjoy this movie that I really cut myself there's, off. There's a there's a much better process for that. You can watch the original theatrical cut of Alien Three and then the reconstructed mm. work print of David Finch's that he didn't want anything to do with, but they recreated yeah. it. Mm. Much better example of yeah. of this than having to sit through Selma Hayek attempting to sing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it was bad, but the story's good, and the articles that I've read about it are more interesting than the movie. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's a good article on Vulture about it That's way better than this movie And yeah. also going through all the photos of 54 Is, is awesome Yeah, I just yeah. googled Steve Rubell and, and looked up through a bunch of photos of him with like everybody Yeah, mm. he's a fascinating character yeah. Like, And it's a pity that he was relegated to You know, a Best Supporting Academy Award <laughs> attempt <laughs> <laughs> 
So is it fair to say you didn't think it was good? No. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for watching it for us anyway. <laughs> right, we I'm, really appreciate it. I, I, li- I lived the movie. I didn't really need to see it again. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we'd love to see, if anyone out there would like to see the, uh, the story of Adam Richard uh, working in a bar, singing, getting covered in glitter, I, I'd be into that. Being who, rude to drag queen. Who would you cast as uh, as you from that era? As a, oh, Creasy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to make this movie, That'd guys. We got to make this movie. That'd be awesome. And you need to be the Steve Rubell, I think, <laughs> in the film. Oh my god, that guy that ran that pub was horrific. Oh, you've got to do it. That's a story. I would love to watch I'm that. I'm going to need to put on a lot more weight. Thanks so much. Would you, is there anything you'd like to plug or do your Twitter or anything like that? Oh, yeah, it's adamrichard.com. You can find me. I'm around. Yeah, sure is. Awesome. Thanks so much. Anytime. Thank you, Thank you Anytime. Well. Let's do it Join again right point. now. Yeah, we'll what, do it again. What are you, oh, and the, the, the theatrical Yeah, part? let's watch yeah. the original. <laughs> Thanks, thank, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Horny Babies, thank you also for joining us. <laughs> okay, so we checked it. Turns out 54 is... We're in- unfortunately kind of inconclusive. It's inconclusive. I am sorry, guys. We're going to have to watch it all again. Yes, that means that the cycle must continue. The loop must keep going until we find out if Mike... I mean, what was the journey of our podcast again? <laughs> we're trying to find out who Mike really is. Where is he? And that's what we're still having to do. And also, is he a horny dude? I think that we found that in this movie, also inconclusive. <laughs> yeah, unsure if he's horny or he not. He wants to blow, but also, he's not grabbing. Yeah, he wants to blow, but he's got to go. Um, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We appreciate all your support and help. Spreading the word about it. That's very nice of you. Uh, Keep on listening. Keep on giving us those five stars on iTunes. We love those. And in your five-star review, please put in the title and concept for the next spin-off podcast you'd like us to do. Very specific actor-based podcast. One example we got on Twitter today, Cameron, what did we get? I've got uh, from Cargat Sarkis here, 160 Strokes of the Cane, a podcast all about Michael Caine. IMDb says he's acted in 160 films. I think that sounds great because I've seen maybe, I thought I saw a lot of his movies, maybe like 30, but if there's 130 that I haven't seen... At least we'll be able to do a podcast forever. We also got one from Harrison the Fan on Twitter. He says, can't wait for you to go through the filmography of Philip Noyce. Come on, feel the noise. Come on, feel the noise. <laughs> I think that one is so good. They're both very good. Uh, thanks so much, guys. We love ya. And you know what? I went on a little bit of a Twitter rampage this week. Mm-hmm. I was tweeting at some celebs. I was trying to get the word out there about the pod. You know what? I'm shameless. You guys can be shameless too. Yes. If you have any celebs you want to hear on this show, just tweet at them and say, hey, do mic check. Such as the star of Shameless himself, William H. Macy. Well, yeah, exactly. That would be great. We'd that love be... to get Bill on. Just anyone that you think could really add something to this project. Perhaps they're an Australian comedian. Perhaps they're an Australian filmmaker. Perhaps it's Nicole Kidman. That's... If it's Nicole Kidman, that would be ideal. Yeah, Twitter rampage everyone. They don't have to be Australian at all. They can be any ethnicity at all. But the number one get is Nicole Kidman. Yes. Don't forget that. Also, I will announce my number two get. Okay. No, it's not anyone that played number two in the Austin Powers movies, <laughs> but I will 
would probably say there is Madonna herself. Yes. Because she's worked with Mike Heath, who talked about on the SNL They famously one. made out. They made out on that, and then she also cast him as Austin Powers in Beautiful Stranger video clip. Mm. And also, I just, I'm fascinated to find out Madonna's relationship with comedy. She's done stand-up on The Tonight Show. She's also got Ali G in her video clips. I just need to, I just need to get that off my chest and find out... If Madonna is still funny, baby. <laughs> Does she make you funny, baby? Thank you so much for listening, guys. Keep on tweeting at us at MikeCheckPod or me at I am Cameron James or Alexi at This, this is Alexi. Alexi. Next week on Mike Check, the next film up for discussion is a movie from 1998 called Pete's Meteor. It stars Mike Myers. <laughs> is and he in that? Yeah, he's in it. He's in it. It's described as an Irish drama film. Oh, I don't know how to feel about this. I really don't know. So it I, seems like... I wonder if he does an accent. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my, my God. God. So it, from what I can see, just looking ahead at what we've got next week, 54 is a drama, 1998. Mm-hmm. Peace Meteor, drama, 1998. This is the year he spunk for the fences. What's up with that? He really went for it. Isn't that special? Isn't that special? Um, I'm I'm really interested to see what this is all about. Like that's that's crazy to me that there's two drama films that he's done in the same year, and they're kind of the only ones. Yeah, it's interesting. There's one other film from 1998. Mm-hmm. It's called The Thin Pink Line. We are mm-hmm. at the moment skipping it for good reason. For good reason. We've looked for it, and guys, it has been wiped from the face of the earth. We can't find it. We have found. I found something of it. Uh, a while ago on Japan, Amazon Japan, mm. and it cost like a few thousand yen, so I couldn't really figure out how much that would cost for us to buy a DVD that I think Mike is only in one scene. From what I understand about The Thin Pink Line is that it's a mockumentary film made for like no money at all, it is a parody of The Thin Blue Line, which mm-hmm. is the Errol Morris documentary, mm-hmm. um, and it is got one interview scene with Mike Myers that I was able to see a bit of in the trailer for the film. And it kind of seems like just uh, some comedy people maybe made it and they were able to get a lot of great comedians from that era in Los Angeles to be part of their film. So we're going to skip it. But if anyone knows how we can get a copy of it, and look, I'll be underhanded about this. It can be illegal. It will be. uh, Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say do it. But if you know anyone who knows how to get it, and slips it to us under yes. our door. Or if someone... Is there some rich person listening to this podcast and wants to buy it on Amazon for us, we'll give you our address. So I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give you our address to come send it to you us. You can send it to Mike Check HQ, um, and we'd appreciate that very much. Just send it to Giant Dwarf, I'm sure we'll get, we'll get our hands <laughs> on it if you send it there. It's Mike Check! It's Mike Check! The podcast by Mike Myers.